0: Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? This morning, in worship, I, I just, it was a powerful time of worship. And as I was preparing this week, we're, we're looking at Genesis 128. And after God created man, he blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over everything. So we've took took a look at sowing. I mean, fruitful. Being fruitful, and we saw that being fruitful. If you want to be fruitful, what do you have to do? You stay connected. You abide. You don't bear fruit when you keep cutting the root. But you've got to let your roots go deep. So one of the things we saw about being fruitful is abiding. Then last week we talked about multiplying. And what is one of the aspects of multiplying? Anybody want to hazard a guess? Well, I feel like Pastor Nelson. When he asks a question, you freak out. Because he's such a deep thinker. It's like, oh, where is he going with this? I'm, I'm trying to be real simple. The, the act of multiplying is, is released And seen and realized through the act of giving. So if you want to multiply, you give. It goes against natural thinking. Because in my mind, if I want to multiply, I have to keep, keep, keep. Right? I mean, that's what they tell you in the financial world. If you want to multiply your money, keep your money, keep your money, invest it. But all you're doing is you're keeping your money. But in God's kingdom, he says, if you want to multiply in your life, you start sowing. And sowing has a greater return than just a 3% uh, bond that you get in the bank. Or maybe a half a percent bond. Sowing is when you put into something and what you do is you create your future when you sow. You might want to write that down because that's a good... You create your future by what you sow. So if you want to multiply, start sowing. And I would suggest to you that we all are reaping what we have sown. All our lives are multiplied, and some of our lives are multiplied misery. And some of our lives are multiplied joy. And it's based on what we've sown. And I know Pastor Nelson would sometimes say, and I didn't catch it the first few times he said it, but he'd say, we, we like to sow whatever we want, and then we ask God for a crop failure, because I 've sown whatever I wanted, and now I, I realize what i 've sown and saying, "God, give me a crop failure, please." So if you want to multiply in your life, sow. Amen. Today, I want to talk about the word "fill." It's the word replenish in the King James Version. And as you pull up the definition, you find out the word is fill. What does the word fill mean? I'm honored to have my mom and dad here today. So if I make a comment about dinners when I was a kid, it's not because I've got issues, but it's just an example. (laughs) But I have, as many of you know, or if not all of you know, I have eight brothers. And so when we sat down at dinner time, we watched and prayed. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't know where the chicken was as soon as you finished praying. And we didn't always have a lot, especially when we were younger. God supplied our needs, but my mom and dad didn't always tell us how tough it was. But sometimes I would get a drink of water. Have you ever been given a drink of water that's like a third third full? And you're hungry and you say, can you fill my cup? And they fill it and it's like a third full. Now, I had so many brothers, we had to be very careful how much each one of us got to drink. I never enjoyed getting a cup that was a third full. I got to be honest with you. I never enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting a cup that was like and and if you if you know anything about chemistry the meniscus the water actually bubbles over the top of the cup i would never like a cup that wasn't like it would make the dinner table messy because i'd spill but i wanted a cup that was full and overflowed does anybody like a cup that's full and overflowing I mean, I like to get messy when I drink. I like to get the place where I'm eating. You can tell where David ate because there's food all over the place. It was so abundant. But the word in the Bible, when he says fill, he doesn't say fill is half full. When God fills something, he doesn't do it halfway. He doesn't just a little dab will do you. That's not the kind of God I serve. He doesn't say, well, you only need a bit. That's all you need. When God uses the word fill in the Bible, what you find out, and I'm using, the cup's not quite full, but he says, I'm going to fill you. And what he does is he just pours till it overflows. Now, this is water, so it's not going to mess up the carpet. And my wife is looking at me. But when God fills, he fills to overflow. He doesn't fill just so that you can get by. He says, I'm a God of abundance. I'm a God that is able to supply according to his riches, not according to your riches. He's a God that says, I want to do above and beyond what you ask or think. So I started thinking big because I figure if he's going to go beyond, he might as well go huge. Come on. Sometimes I think our thinking is so small, God just looks at it and he goes, I can cough and that's going to be more than they need. God wants to supply your need. But when God fills, he doesn't just give you a little bit. When God fills, it overflows. When they anointed the priests in the Old Testament, they would pour the oil on them. They didn't just take a little dab like we do and put it on your forehead. They would pour it on and their their clothing and everything around them got affected because what God does, he fills and he overflows. And we looked last week at the story of, of the five fish, uh, uh, two loaves and five, uh, sorry, two fish and five loaves. The two happy meals. And God said, said he didn't look at that as a problem. He looked at that as an opportunity to show what he could do. And he served 5,000 men. And then when they cleaned up, they had left over 12 baskets full. God is a God of abundance. So when we look at this word in Genesis 1, what you have to do is whenever you read the word of God, you don't filter it according to human thinking, you filter it according to godly speaking. What you do is you take a look at the word of God and you say, what is God saying? Not as what am I thinking? So when God in Genesis 1 says, I want you to be fruitful, I want you to multiply, and I want you to fill the earth. What does he mean by that? He means he wants you to overflow in the earth. Literally, I believe, and I also believe in the figurative sense, in the fact that everything you do has an impact and fills the place that you're at. There's one pastor that I listened to, and he he used to say, he'd go into a restaurant, before they'd go into the restaurant, he'd tell his kids, we're taking the presence of God with us. And he had the attitude that where he went, he would fill that atmosphere because he was there. God's not interested just in you having a little aura around you. Come on. God's interested in you filling every place that you're at. Can I hear an amen? Are you interested in that? God's interested in you filling your house with his presence. He's not interested in just you having a little time at your dinner table. He's interested in your whole house being full of his glory and of his presence every time he's there. Which is 24-7, 365. And that's the life that God wants and designed and destined every believer and every person to have. When he created us back in Genesis and when he commissioned us, he said be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and his plan hasn't changed his purpose hasn't changed and Jesus lived it out and showed it so this morning I want us to spend a few times a few minutes here looking at the word fill and it's already three minutes to twelve I heard a few groanings last week I went really long yeah I know, he wasn't even here and he felt it. (laughs) I tell you, you know it's bad when somebody who wasn't even here knows how bad you went and how long you went. So I'm going to just take another 15 minutes. But I want to give you some thoughts about filling where you're at. I want to give you some thoughts about how do you fill your atmosphere where you're at. We're going to make it practical. First of all, you can only give what you've got. So if you want to fill your house with God's goodness, you better get it in your life. Don't expect something to happen if you're not a participant and you don't have it. Peter and John, when they were walking down the street to, the, to pray, and the guy looked at him and he said, Silver and I gold we don't have, but such as we have, give I thee. And he was able to give him what he had, which was a miracle, which was the supernatural power and presence of God. So in the aspect of filling, you cannot give what you don't have. When I was a kid sitting at the dinner table, and all my brothers, because I was number six in the family, so usually the, six, the five older ones would get their go at it, and then me, and then after me, Daniel, if he was fortunate enough to get anything. You think I got issues, you should spend some time with Daniel. <laughs> but you'd be pouring, and the milk jug would get emptier and emptier and emptier, and by the time it came down to me, I might get this little bit. You can't give what you don't have. When it ran out of something, you can't give anymore. So the first thing about making filling practical is you have to be full yourself. If you want to change the atmosphere in your home, you have to be full of what God has for you. You can't give what you don't have. I'm giving you some practical things. You might want to write some of these down because some of these things can actually transform and change your house. If you wake up in the morning and you're frowning, you might want to take some of these notes because I believe God gives me these thoughts for you. I had a couple people say amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. You can't give what you don't have. The next thing I want you to know is you need to start where you are. I have talked to a lot of people who are waiting for the perfect opportunity in order for something to happen. You'll never get the perfect opportunity. You need to start where you are. You say, well, my family is a mess. In another couple weeks, this will happen, this will happen. Or in another year, this child will be that much better. And this, and this thing will... No, start where you are. Don't wait for the perfect opportunity. You will sit on a log waiting and waiting and waiting. Start where you are. I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to get into shape. I found out I couldn't sit back and wait. I had to actually do it. Because I had to keep up with Daniel. So you start where you are. Start in your home. We all have a home. Start in your home. Don't wait till you're like, well, once I get this and this palatial place. and Start where you are. If you want something to be filled, start where you are. Start in your job. Don't say, well, no, my job, I'm just the gopher. I just go for this, go for that, and go for No, you are not just the gopher. You are the one that God has put in that place. Start where you are. You can make a difference where you are by doing what you're doing when you say, I'm doing it unto the Lord. And that's biblical. Paul writes about how employees and employers are supposed to act. The employee is supposed to act as though his boss is God. And the employer is supposed to treat him like he's a blessing. So whichever place you're at, you do it the way God says it. Start where you're at. Be the best. I, I had the attitude, I'll be honest with you, I had the attitude when I was working for my dad that I wanted to be the best at whatever capacity I was in the world. So I became a project manager. I was not an engineer. I was underneath an engineer. But I wanted to be the best in the world at what I did. Because I figured then that's what God expects of me. And that's how I acted and that's how I tried to perform. Thanks, mom. (laughs) You'll get a copy of this CD. But you have to start where you are and start with the attitude, I want to be the best at what I do. That's not a perfectionist, that's an attitude of excellence. Start where you're at. If you're at home, start there. Your family, your relationships. If you want to see a change in something, you need to be the one to change. When God says, fill the earth, and we're looking at this going, I'm not filling the earth, then I need to change and I need to start seeing what I'm expecting and asking God for. When I walk around and I see stuff on the floor and I don't like a dirty building, you know what I do? I pick it up because I figure I need to be the change that I want other people to be. It's simple. It's as simple as doing an act like that. Sometimes we wait for the glorious and the neon lights flashing saying, here he comes, here he comes, everybody get ready. Here comes Pastor David. A couple weeks ago, it was funny. We had the wedding for Monique and Matthew. And I was outside helping park cars. And one of the guys drove in and he says, huh, I didn't know that was in your job description. And if I was smart, I would have said, yeah, I didn't read the fine print. Are you prepared to do whatever it takes, wherever you are, to see something fill? Because that's when you see the activity happen. Are you prepared to change yourself in order to see something change? Don't wait for somebody else to apologize. You do what you have to do. I know people that will sit and say, I'm not going to do that. He should do that. And sometimes he doesn't even know that he has a problem. So deal with it yourself. If you want to see change happen, you start being the change that you want to see happen. That's how you see an environment change. I believe that the time will come, and I'm not there yet, but I believe the time will come when I walk through a door into any building that I go in, that the atmosphere in that building will change. I believe that. I'm not there yet. When I go into McDonald's, it's still mayhem. But one day, I will walk into a building... And the whole atmosphere will change because I am fulfilling what God has asked me to do, which is fill the earth. There's aspects that I do now, but I'm expecting it greater. And I'm expecting that for every single one of you. I'm expecting when you walk through that door, the atmosphere in that gymnasium will change. Why? Because you're there. And you're walking in the authority of the kingdom. You are walking as a believer and as a son of God. As a daughter of God. And you are walking with authority. And authority is influence. Authority isn't do's and don'ts. Authority is found through influence. It's found through serving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want to see. Here's something for you. Behave like you belong there. If you want to see the earth filled, then I believe that I will be making a difference. So you know what? I need to start behaving like I'm making a difference. Sometimes we wait for the action to actually happen when we are the one that actually produces the change or produces the action to happen. Behave and act like you are an agent of change. Behave and act like you are an agent of the Holy Spirit. You're agent 007, Holy Spirit filled. I go into that room and I recognize what's happening. Behave. Sometimes, Pastor Dan, we were joking up at the cottage. Pastor Daniel had these books out Power, uh, Change Your World, Change Your Thoughts. Change your thoughts, change your world. Another one about change your words, change this. And then his last one that he had was think like a billionaire. I love that. <laughs> you know what? You'll never know how to handle a billion dollars if you don't think like it. When I look at this church, I don't see 25 people. I don't see 75 people. I see 250 people and I see multiple surfaces. And that's how I'm starting to behave. You need to behave and act like you're there already. Because then when you get there, you're acting and behaving like you should be. And that's how you fill and change the atmosphere. If you're waiting for the promotion, maybe the promotion is waiting for you. God says, fill the earth. Sometimes we expect him to do the filling. And he says, he gave that to you and me to do. He said, David, I want you to fill the earth. So I need to start acting like I am one who will change the world. And you say, well, you're being a hypocrite. No, you've got to start thinking it. You've got to start believing it. You've got to start doing it. If you want your house To be a house of peace and comfort. Don't come in the door. Slam it and yell at your wife. Even if you had a bad day. If you want your house to be a house of peace and rest. You come in no matter what your day was like. You close the door. You give her a hug. You let her know how much you love her. And you are the one that acts like you want what you want to see. I don't know about you, but sometimes we do some crazy things and we expect a different result. If I don't fill the tire in my car, the tire is never going to get full no matter how many times I go to the gas station. I have to do what's required. I have to act and behave like I'm there. Two more things. Oh boy, I'm doing really well. My iPad says 1201. Two things I'd like you to see. One of them has six points, but two things. If you want to see the earth full, you need to start communing and communicating with the Holy Spirit. And what you do is you literally walk through a door and you say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? A couple weeks ago, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I didn't listen, but I saw a guy walking in a store with, um, with one of those breathing apparatuses and he did not look happy. And the Holy Spirit quickened in my heart, David, just ask him if he'd like to be healed. That freaked me out. That, 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 that really scared me because I thought, I don't know the guy. I don't know what's going to happen. But we need to start expecting when God tells us to do something that he's going to do it. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to commune with the Holy Spirit when I wake up in the morning. Not when I have the flat tire. I'm trying to talk to him right away. There's a book that one guy wrote called Good Morning Holy Spirit. I think it was Pastor Benny Hen, and what it does is it makes you start thinking. You need to change the way you think. Start communing. Don't. Pastor Nelson talked about, um, and I don't know if he shared it from the from the pulpit or if he was just chatting with a few of us, but he had to learn how to think and act and talk with the Holy Spirit. It's not something that all of a sudden just boom, you get it. It's a habit. That you develop. And Pastor Nelson was saying. He is now at the point. Where everything he thinks. He thinks through. What's the Holy Spirit saying? What's God doing? What's. And what happens when you do that. You start to fill. And change the atmosphere. And you actually start to see. The earth being full. Of the glory of God. Because you are active. And participating in what God is doing. Commune with the Holy Spirit. Learn how to talk with the Holy Spirit. Have conversations with Him. I mean, you already talked to yourself. So why not just start talking to Him? He'll talk back. Say, Lord, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, I need you today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, what are, you, what, what are you saying in this situation? God, I've got a special meeting coming up and I'm not 100% sure what to do or say. Can you be with me? It says in the Bible that when you ask and talk to him, he'll speak back and he'll give you things to say. It says, don't worry about what you have to say. That's part of relating. If, if you talk to my wife and ask her a question that reflects me and her, you will probably get the same answer from her than you would get from me. Because we communicate. The kids used to try to break us down. But we learned how to stand together. No, what does mom say? Instead of saying, daddy, I think we should. We learned how to communicate. We learned this is what the values that mom has. This is the values that dad has. These are what you do. You learn that by communication. You learn that by spending time together. I start talking, she starts finishing the sentence for me. Why? Because we're married. Because we spend time together. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Commune with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with him. Talk with him. When you read the Bible, ask him what he's doing and what she's showing in the word. Amen? Amen? There's an aspect of kingdom authority that is you are walking in kingdom authority. You are actually exhibiting and portraying and dispensing his power and his influence everywhere you go. You are filling the atmosphere. You can expect something to happen even in your cubicle at work when you are communing with the Holy Spirit. I've had people who've come up to me and just said, David, when I'm around you, things are different than when I'm around somebody else. And I'm not trying to brag on me, but I've learned how to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And the last thing I want to do is I want to give you some thoughts, some practical things that you can do, little things that you can do to change your atmosphere. Smile. Smile. Either it will freak somebody out. It will make them laugh. But it will change the atmosphere. Turn the frown upside down. Smile. You would be amazed at how many people don't know how to smile. Some people think they're guilty if they start to laugh. I can't laugh. No, I'm telling you, we should be the funnest place on earth. Should be here. I'm expecting in worship. You know what I'm expecting when we worship? I'm expecting people to dance like... Crazy dance before God, not before people, but to God. I'm expecting that when we start worshiping, people will get out of their chairs and come forward. Not because of show, but because they just want to be near God's presence and they can't get close enough. They want to participate. They want to dance. They want to hop on one foot, two feet. They want to throw their hands. I don't care. They want to worship God. I expect that there will be laughter in church. Not because of the jokes I tell, but because God is doing something. I'm expecting a good time. I'm expecting when we come to church, we will go leaving happy. Because this is a hospital. People come in and are hurt. And the last thing they need to see is me standing up saying, woe is me. But I believe that God has an answer for you. And they walk out of this building feeling better than they walked in. Why? Because we feel the earth. Smile. Say thank you. Say thank you. You want to change the atmosphere? You go somewhere and you hold the door open for people. (laughs) They think you're crazy. They wonder if the store hired you. They look at... Sometimes people... Don't know what to do. And if you're not careful, like if you go to a movie theater, be careful because if you're the first one out, you'll be holding the door for like 75 other people. (laughs) So be careful. But hold the door open for somebody. Guys, especially guys. Come on, we're men. We treat the women with respect. Not just my wife, but I will hold the door open for other people too. Other ladies. Come on. I want to change the place I'm at. I don't want to see the door slam behind me and somebody... I want to change the place. I want to fill it with God's presence. And sometimes it's as simple as smiling, as saying thank you, as literally holding the door. You say, that's not God. You try it. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the gates of wickedness. Next week we'll have 75 people at the door. (laughs) When Pastor Daniel starts to sing, we're going to have to say everybody time to come in. You want to see a change and you want to see the atmosphere feel with the God's presence. Sometimes it's as simple as literally holding the door open. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. The complications will come. Another thing, be grateful. Be grateful. I walk around too many times hearing negative things. Start being grateful and thankful for what God's done for you. There's enough negativity around. There's not enough positive gratefulness. I'm grateful that I have a beautiful wife. And I've got four children that love God. And I've got a daughter-in-law. I'm grateful that God has blessed me where I live. I'm grateful for the blessings that he has poured out on my life. And what you do, when you start becoming grateful, it changes you. And you start to fill the place. And instead of saying, oh, this, oh, woe is me. You start saying, oh, I'm grateful. Man, I've got health. I see people walking through the mall. I see people struggling my age. And I think, I'm grateful that God has given me health. I got this crazy hip. It's not going to bother me. It's not going to stop me. It's going to be dealt with and it's going to be healed. I'm grateful for what he's done. He has given me eternal life. I mean, that's huge. And I'm going to enjoy it from here till when it happens. It's happening now. You want to change the atmosphere. You want to fill the earth. I don't want to be around grumpy old person. I don't want to be around the person who quotes first opinions and second opinions. I want to be around the person that quotes first Corinthians and second Corinthians. I want to be around somebody who gives me Psalms, Proverbs, and spiritual songs. They start changing and they start filling the atmosphere. That's what God expects and intended for you and me to do. Little things to do to change your atmosphere. Be quiet. Sometimes saying nothing is really good thing. I don't think I need to expound on that one another little thing you can do is you can determine to influence where you're at. You are the agent of change. You are the agent to fill the earth. I can't fill your place. I need to fill mine. Literally, my place, and I believe the whole earth. It says in Habakkuk, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. In Numbers, in Numbers, when God is talking to Moses and he's angry that the children of Israel didn't want to go into the promised land and the spies, and, and God says, as, as, as the earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord, he said, I'm, this is going to happen. And then he makes an interesting comment. He talks about Caleb and he says, but Caleb has a different spirit. You can't have the same spirit. As a negative person. And expect to see something different happen. You need to change. And influence your place. You literally. This might sound crazy. But you can actually. Fill your vehicle. With God's presence. And people will actually enjoy driving with you. Like. Like. Let's make it practical. I want to influence. One of the areas I can influence is the little bubble called my Honda Pilot. And I pick the windows up and I can just fill it with God's presence. And anybody that comes in there, I expect God will touch them, be with them, minister to them, and just give them peace. Because God's presence is there. Obed-Edom in the Bible, when they were taking the Ark of the Covenant back... The Israelites stumbled and fell and they, and, and they got killed. So they left the Ark of the Covenant at this person's house. And his name was Obed-Edom. A very interesting study. You look at his name and you follow his name throughout the, t- the change. And what happened is, it got to the point where his house was being blessed. Everything around him was being blessed. His family was being blessed. His house was being blessed. His children, his mother. It got to the point where it came back to King David. And David wanted to have the Ark of the Covenant back, but it got back to the point that that he was told, you know what, Obed-Edom is getting blessed because of the Ark of the Covenant. What did that show? That was the presence of God. That was the place where God dwelt. And and they would go into the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant. And that was where God's presence was. And when it stayed at that house, it changed. You can change the atmosphere in your little Datsun pickup. Get a big car because then it will change even more. Don't get a little two-seater. Get like a van that's full. But you can change the atmosphere... You can put in a worship song. You can put in a CD that's about praise and worship instead of listening to hip-hop. Boy, I got a lot of amens. But sometimes we need to change the things we do. And it's as simple and as practical as changing what's around me. If I want to fill the earth, God says in Genesis 128, he said, David... I want you to be fruitful, multiply, and I want you to fill the earth. We're going to deal with subdue and have dominion still. But these are the first three we're looking at. And And I want you to fill the earth. I want to start filling the earth. So I am expecting when David enters the building, something's going to happen. It's either going to increase or it's going to stay the same. I'm either going to complement the presence that's there or I'm going to change the presence that's there because I'm there. Call me crazy. That's okay. They'll give me some pills for it. I don't take pills. But I believe we need to expect something to happen when we do what God's word says. And we've been talking about the authority, the kingdom authority that you and I have. And it's time that we take it from here out there. Brother Howard, your work sites, you are the one that influences them. And I know that you do. You're gonna influence them in greater. You're going to give words of wisdom to people that don't even have a clue what's going on. And you're not going to come with a thus saith the Lord. You're just going to give them a fatherly piece of advice. And you're going to change the course of their tomorrow because you are carrying the Holy Spirit with you. And you are determined that I will be a man of influence and I will see that I will fill my place. I believe that. I know it already happens, but it's going to even happen greater. And you do it by speaking. You do it by smiling. You do it by holding the door open. You do it by little things that don't seem much. But they mean a lot. We had a couple that told us. I said, what, what caused you to, 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 to come to Solid Rock? And well, they were visiting. But they walked through the door. And they walked through the door. And Sister Gerarda gave them a hug. Didn't even know their name, gave them a hug, said, I'm so happy to see you. She changed the atmosphere. She changed the atmosphere. Man, everybody's going to sign up to be a door greeter now. (laughs) I believe kingdom authority is for every believer. And it's up to you as to how much you want to exercise. It's up to you as to how much you want to see in your life. It's not up to God. I got news for you. God's already said it. God's already done it. God's already done it and has the provision. It's now up to you as to how much you want to see. You determine how fruitful your life will be. You determine how much multiplication you want in your life. And you determine how much you want to fill the earth. Because it says God's already done it. Now it's up to me to perform it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to close. You'd like to say, how can I say no to my mom? I've ne- I, if I say no to her, I have to face my dad, and that's even worse. <laughs> talking about a glass half-filled. Many many years have gone by, that half-glass-filled. At the moment, you can testify that many people have been filled in our home with more than half-glass. Many meals have been served. Many people have been blessed. Not only here, but over the ocean, over the sea. God has been so faithful by Obeying God's word and trusting him, you can be an influence. Your life can be measurable without bonds. Keep on preaching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love having my mom and dad cheer me on.